0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Dan Nets. Dan Patrick Show spent a lot of time talking about the Bears and the Steelers. You know, that's the great thing, but also the bad thing. When you have the standalone game, somebody has a great game, everybody's talking about him. Somebody has a bad game, everybody's talking about them. I don't think the NFL officiating crew had a good game last night. And it was on display a controversial taunting call late in the game helped keep the Steelers drive alive. You know, the bears did have a chance. Uh, They took the lead, but what is the NFL talking about today? Does the NFL get together and say the following, Hey, let's de-emphasize taunting a little bit before we get to the playoffs. And we have a moment. Imagine if that was a wild card game last night, let's just say, and I know it's AFC and NFC, but just stay with me. Imagine if you had a game, a, a standalone game, a playoff game, and you had a play like that, a taunting call, and it affects the outcome. That's usually when we have change in sports, when something happens on the big stage. But if I'm the NFL, I got to watch, you know, ha- how do we want to enforce this? When do we want to enforce this? Because sometimes I'll look at somebody celebrating like the Steelers defense did where they ran 60 yards together, got in the end zone for a photo op. That to me sounds like you're taunting, but you're playing to the hometown fans. So that's supposed to be okay. Now, the linebacker for the Bears, Cassius Marsh, I would have thrown the flag for taunting when he did the, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Miyagi kick and, you know, karate kid. And I just thought, okay, you did it. Fine, now get off the field. And then he turned and he started to walk over to the Steelers side and then I just said, All right, throw the flag. And then there was no flag thrown. And I thought, okay, and then he gets bumped by the official, the referee Tony Correnti, and and then he throws the flag. Now, I don't know if the official thought he just bumped into me and I'm throwing the flag. Because it felt like that Tony Correnti was asleep at the wheel. Throw the flag a couple of seconds earlier. And I don't have any problem with that. But when you throw the flag when he walks by you and you impede his path to get to the sidelines, I have a problem with that. And it's national TV. And I think if I'm the NFL, I just don't want to go down this road when we get to the postseason. And I said it in the preseason. This is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. We'll have a moment where somebody gets called for taunting. And it affects the outcome of a game, and maybe we're headed that way. I hope not, but this was just last night in a standalone game. But you know what is the upside to this? Like, why are we enforcing this? Like, it's so important. You know that I I was told by somebody in the league office this. You know they want to discourage fighting, and I go, how many fights have we had in the NFL? We've had one, Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. I. I mean, when they do have pushing and shoving, nobody gets hurt. You know, in that instance, you had somebody taking off their helmet. But, you know, this is different. So I don't know what they're trying to protect, enforce, uh, eradicate. Yes, Eden. Well, it's funny because if it's the competition committee that
1: sets this stuff, right, which is a couple of owners, a couple of GMs, a couple of coaches, and then they just kind of, they're like, hey, we really want to f- crack down on taunting. So refs go do that. And then the refs get all the heat for it. Yeah. But ultimately, it's like Mike Rabel decided this or Mike Tomlin or John Mara, those guys.
0: Well, I don't know what they thought. I don't know who said, hey, we got to put this on the docket. We got we to vote on this. We have to enforce this. That's what I wondered because it felt like the NFL was evolving from the standpoint of let them have fun. Let them play. And then this is: Hey, you can have fun. Let them play. Just don't hurt anybody's feelings on the other side. Like I don't know if this puncher for the Steelers was like whimpering a little bit when Cassius Marsh stared at him. But to me, I I understand you are going to call it call it correctly, call it in the moment. And I didn't think they they did that. Yeah, McLevin.
2: Remember this came up, uh, Rich McKay, the competition committee said the players wanted this too. And then JC Treader, the NFLPA said, we never, we never said we wanted this. Uh, Because they don't have to, it's it's an emphasis, the rule already existed. They didn't have to vote on it, I guess. So it's, it's kind of a screwy situation.
0: Yeah, it just felt like they were going to reinforce this. But it's like holding. That, you know, a couple of years ago, they reinforced holding penalties. And then Tom Brady tweets, you know, this game is unwatchable. And then they sort of quieted down the holding calls. They they pumped the brakes. You know, pass interference. They were calling it like mad. And then it was like, you know, this isn't a fun. And then they stopped calling it as closely. Maybe, maybe you kind of let it rest a little bit here. How about how about this? De-emphasize. How about we de-emphasize taunting? Yes, Paul.
3: How is it going to play tomorrow or today if Cassius Marsh gets? fined for critiquing the refs after the game, which I think he did. I don't know the wording of what he said. And if Tony Carrente, the official, gets no censure, mm. comments, zero, nothing happens.
0: Well, I don't think anything's going to happen to the official. But uh, Cassius Marsh might might get fined for uh, what he said. Here's a, here's a portion of his comments. It's pretty clear to everybody who saw it that I wasn't
3: taunting. Like, you know, I've been doing the celebration my whole career, and, uh,
4: you know, it's just sad to see stuff like that happen in a close game like that. It's just rough. On my way to the sideline, I got hip-checked by the ref, and it's it's pretty clear. If I were to do that to a ref or even touch the ref, you know, we'd get kicked out of the game and possibly suspended and fined.
0: So I just think that that was incredibly inappropriate, and that's all
4: I'll say about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's correct, but it still might cost him. There are times when coaches, after a game, say what is actually true, and they have to pay for it—that the officiating wasn't good, or uh, in particular, a certain call. But I think Cassius. I hope the NFL doesn't fine him. I think he already feels pretty bad that he, you know he feels like he cost his team that that game last night, but. I I would certainly hope that there's conversation with the official just to say, give me your side of this because it looks like you initiate contact with a football player. And had it been the other way around, Cassius Marsh would have been suspended. Yeah, McClellan.
2: Do you uh, view these officiating controversies differently with all this legal gambling money flying around? Is that in the backdrop when you think about these things?
0: Not not necessarily. Like I didn't, I didn't immediately think that, but I, I have thought that. With you know everybody gambling and the amount of money, and people are going to be upset uh, if something, you know, you have a, a, a seismic shift in. I am going to win this. To now, no, you are not. We're taking away that touchdown. You know, then you are going to get a whole different audience with an outcry. I am just speaking as a football fan. I just didn't like it. I am not speaking as a gambler, but it, you know, if I had money on some of these games and you go, okay, what did that call mean? That that just cost me. Should that have been called? Why was that called? Like you're going to want answers and you don't necessarily get answers from the NFL. By the way, Mac Jones probably won't be a strong candidate for a controversial figure in the NFL. You know, this is a guy who was a three-star recruit, came out of nowhere, great college career, drafted in the first round. But now that he's a Patriot, it feels like there's a different story because he's in a tricky spot after – twisting the Panthers defender, Brian Burns' ankle, and hurting him after a fumble on Sunday. And Jones said that he thought Burns had the ball. He's a rookie. Maybe, you know, he gets the benefit of the doubt. But he's a patriot, so you don't get the benefit of the doubt. You know, you got Spygate, Deflategate, now we got Anklegate here. But if you think about the infamous teams, they were good. The 70s Raiders, the 90s Cowboys, the Legion of Boom Seahawks. Patriots have been the bad guys in the eyes of their rival fans for a long time. So, innocent or not, from some people's perspective, Mac Jones is a controversial figure here. You know, if I'm in New England, I love it. Uh, Bill Belichick said, hey, he was just trying to make the tackle. Or he thought that Brian Burns had the ball. Belichick has to love this. Here's Mac Jones talking about his tackle.
4: After I got hit pretty hard. Um, I didn't really know exactly what was going on. I thought he had the ball, and um, it was my job to try and make the tackle. Um, and That's pretty much it. And, you know, obviously when you get up and see the ball, is actually down, down the field a little bit more. Um, it was just a bang-bang play, and um, I didn't mean to hurt anybody or anything like that. I was just trying to tackle him and make the play because, you know, I didn't really know what was going on.
0: It's a bang-bang play. You never admit guilt. Hey, I thought he had the ball. Leave it at that. Let the NFL sort this out. Does he get fined for it? Probably so. You know, there's a couple things that have stood out in marquee games. I mentioned the Kansas City-Green Bay game. Everybody wanted to focus on Jordan Love, and I said, you need to look at a bigger picture here. You got to look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs barely beat a Packer team that didn't have Aaron Rodgers. And that is the bigger picture for me. And then last night, the Steelers really struggled and held on for dear life against the Bears. Ben can't move. Clean pocket, he's great, but then most quarterbacks are with a clean pocket. You just don't get that option where you go, hey, come on, I need a clean pocket. He got hit eight times last night. I don't have renewed confidence. I don't have confidence in the Steelers. Now, I love T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I just... They, they make an impact. Najee Harris, you know, it comes down to, can Ben hold up behind that offensive line in a very competitive AFC North? That, to me, is a bigger picture from that. Now, we'll talk about the controversy. We'll talk about the officiating. But if I'm a Steeler fan, I don't come away going, yeah. I come away going, yeah. Odell Beckham probably won't be claimed on waivers today. And then he would be free to sign with whoever he wants to. And looks like all indications are that he'll go to Seattle. And would he be in uniform for the Seattle game against Green Bay? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be in uniform for the Green Bay game against Seattle? I would imagine Odell Beckham is certainly going to want to be on stage, a standalone game, a a 430 game He's going to want to be in that lineup and try to prove, once again, he's an elite wide receiver. And and we had Albert Breer on for the Monday morning quarterback, and he brought up really uh, something really interesting here. you got to get Odell Beckham with a quarterback he respects. And that's where I thought, okay, Tom Brady would work, Patrick Mahomes would work. Where else does he want to go? Does he want to go to the Raiders, and would he respect Derek Carr? I don't know. Uh, would he want to go to the Rams? You know, they got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Would he respect Matthew Stafford? Like, that's what's tricky about this. He can't go to the Saints and then you go, hey, we want you to respect Trevor Simeon because he's not going to. He's going to go, hey, I'm open all the time. You got to throw it to me. And Albert Breer brought up when Randy Moss went to New England, he knew that Tom Brady was the GOAT. He's been to the top of the mountain. I'm going to respect him and I'm going to listen to him. And Randy Moss had an unbelievable season. And, you know, he wanted out of the Raiders, got out, went to New England. I don't know if New England is interested because I don't know if Odell Beckham will respect Mac Jones. He'll respect Bill Belichick. Will he respect a rookie quarterback? That's why it's tricky. And Albert Breer said Odell Beckham would realize if he went to Seattle that Russell Wilson is the star and that he would defer to him. But I think that 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 is going to factor into the equation here. Very much so. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, We'll get some phone calls coming up. Uh, Dean Blandino will join us uh, coming up. Uh, He, of course, is uh, the NFL and college football analyst, rules analyst for Fox, and uh, get his thoughts on what he saw last night. And where does he think we're headed with the officiating when it comes to taunting there? Also, Grant Hill will join us. Seven-time NBA All-Star on a couple of titles at Duke. Grant will uh, join us in the final hour of the show. I got to ask him about what's going on with the Russell Westbrook Jr., the third, because it's not good. Not good at all. Watched some basketball last night. The Joker got involved in a situation. He's going to be fined and probably suspended. But uh, we'll talk some hoops uh, in about an hour from now with uh, Grant Hill. We'll take a break. Your phone calls are up next, 15 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, we got a new partner here. Puerto Rico is the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities, but finding the right projects to invest can be a pretty tough task. Impeller takes the guesswork out of the equation. It's a new online tool. It's spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between investors and on-island projects that are looking for capital. Discover innovative projects across all sectors from healthcare to tech, clean energy, visitor economies, commercial real estate. Impeller's easy-to-use feature will allow you to get right to the deal. Plus, you can find insights like financials, uh, company backgrounds, leadership, performance, needs, um, everything you need to make an informed decision when investing in Puerto Rico. Empower your investment portfolio with the opportunities the island has to offer as a go-to destination. Invest Puerto Rico's Impeller is the uh, smart choice. So you go to investpr.org forward slash impeller. I-M-P-E-L-L-E-R, powered by Invest, Puerto Rico. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by mercedes, Mercedes-Benz mercedes Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, build-equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile. Taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. By the way, there's season four of Yellowstone just starting. But if you want to binge to catch up, first three seasons, you'll find that on Peacock. The only place... This is Kevin Costner with Yellowstone. See the show that everybody's talking about. Catch up on all the action and the drama. Yellowstone. Go to PeacockTV.com. Start streaming seasons one through three today. Paulie brought up uh, the movie No Country for Old Men. Came out, uh, what, 15 years ago? 14 years. 14 years ago. Is that a Coen brother movie? Yes. Okay. Not a comedy. Um, Usually it's a dark comedy with the Coen brothers. I didn't like the movie. Really, I did not. Y-
3: yeah. How many times have you seen it? Just once. Hmm. We were discussing here: is it all time great, great movie, good or not really for me? You're not really for me. Not guy. really for me. Yeah. Anton
0: Chigurh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, you know, with a bad haircut, that that hurt. That hurt his performance. Javier Bardin with a uh, bad haircut. Yes. You didn't sir. like that movie. I didn't. I didn't love it. Josh Josh Brolin's awesome in yeah, that Yeah, he's good. Woody Harrelson's in Javier Bardem is phenomenal. Uh, I'm just saying. I, 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 I'm, I, if it's on, I'm not watching. Uh, yeah.
3: Do you think you need to
0: watch it again? No, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, do you think you need to reevaluate your opinion?
1: Like, how many movies do you actually want to watch again? I'm a classic movie re-watcher, oh, though. Oh, you are? I'm yeah, not. Yeah, like if uh, Revenant's on, I'll watch that every single time.
0: I couldn't get it through, through uh, Revenant one time. But I'll also
1: watch movies just for the way that they look. Like, I just like actually the scenery of that movie more than actually the Mm. storyline. So Mm. I'm like, ah, this is fun to watch. I'll watch Mm. that. (laughs) I do that. I'll watch watch mountain climbing movies that are terrible movies. But, man, the mountains look really nice. I will watch those documentaries. The mountain climbing documentaries. There's a one now, the uh, Alpinist, I think. The kid who, it's like Free Solo, right? If you've not seen that, where the dude, he just climbs up with no ropes or anything up uh, Mm. that...
3: El Capitan.
1: El Capitan, thank you, yeah. So now there's a dude, that's what Alex Honnold. There's this other kid who I think is younger who does that exact same thing but only on ice. And it's like, holy smokes, what the heck is wrong with
0: you? I, I, free solo I had a hard time with. I had a hard time with. That was crazy. And, and I know how it ends, and I still had a hard time with it. You yeah, should I'm- watch this other one.
2: Yeah, McLovin. I used to rewatch movies a lot on cable when they play over and over again, like Goodfellas. But now that everything's streaming, I never go back and stream something twice. Like you, you would never do that, right?
0: No, I did think about that with The Wire, uh, Breaking Bad, um, things that are a little while ago. Then yeah, yeah, but just. You know, but then there's part of me that's like, okay, I remember it this way, and I like that I remember it this way, and I'm good with that. Yeah, Paulie.
3: The other night, a movie came out on late night. I was still wide awake. It was Hoop Dreams, the documentary about the two Chicago basketball players. I hadn't seen that in a while. It really still holds up, and it's once you kind of turn it on, it's hard to turn off, even though you know exactly what's about to happen. Yep. Yeah. And you, but you root for something else to happen. That's that's the other thing with documentaries. <laughs> I've probably seen that Marcus Dupree Thirty for Thirty about six times. And each time I'm, I'm at the last half hour going, make the better decision. Stay at Oklahoma. Like, he's going to change his mind.
0: It's You know the ending. couple of phone calls in here. Uh, new poll question for round two, McLovin? Yeah, I got a few options real quick. Uh,
2: if What do you think uh, Steph Curry likes more? Being clearly the only really great player on the team and shooting as much as he wants or having to share the ball a little bit with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant at the peak of the Warriors?
0: I think he would love – he'll love to have Clay Thompson back because that's heavy lifting every night. Steph put up 50 and 10 assists last night against the Hawks. And my team to beat in the West is, I think, 9-1 now, and that's without Clay Thompson.
2: See, I thought you would like the ultimate green light. As a shooter, like, this is the ultimate green light for him.
0: But there's nothing that he's doing now that he hasn't done before – now you want to win again, and Clay Thompson gives you a better chance of winning than you going Han Solo here. And they do have some younger players there, and and they've sort of been able to kind of blend those in. But you know, if Clay is ninety percent, eighty percent of what he once was, then I think Golden State's the team to beat out west. Yeah, Paul.
3: Here's a couple of Steph Curry stats. I know we're only ten games in. He's missed one free throw this season. He's fifty of fifty-one. That's ninety-eight percent. The best he's ever been for a season is 93%. Um, he has attempted 134 threes so far this season. He's averaging 13.4 three-pointers attempted per game. The most attempts in a season in NBA history is 886 by Steph Curry when he won the MVP. He's on pace for 1,034 three-point attempts. Yeah. He's upping things.
0: Now, what he does when he goes to the free-throw line, and if you really want to improve your free-throw percentage... Steph Curry will count it as a miss, even if he makes it and it touches rim. That he, I think he shoots and he has to make ten in a row at the end of practice, where he touches just nothing but net. And if he, if you hit iron and it goes in, that counts as a miss, and then you have to reset there. But that's where you get into the, you know, I. I want to be the absolute best. You know, the OCD part of this is I want it to be so clean when it goes in. You know, I'm I'm watching Carmelo last night. Man, the extension on that jumper, if you're looking at form for a big guy, and I know Dirk Nowitzki had great form and really worked on it, but as far as big men who shoot that well, and Melo's form is great. Squares up and, you know, release at a pretty high, uh, you know, point with the uh, shot. And when it goes through, it goes through, and it's it like that's a swish. I I loved seeing it. And Mello looked great last night. You know the problem is, Russell Westbrook is a you know he's he's a work in progress, and he's going to be. But here's what people don't understand: Russ is like this. Russ has been like this. Hey, he averaged a triple double. Oh my God. Okay, how did he get the triple double? I mean, you know, if you're you know seven for twenty one. Okay, you're going to get double digits in points. He does have the ball a lot. He does have a lot of turnover. There's nothing new here. It's just now he plays for the Lakers. Therefore, every single game is under the microscope. Whereas before you're playing with the Rockets, even Oklahoma City, we're not analyzing it. Now you play for the Lakers. And the Lakers are without LeBron for maybe another month. And, and so now we're going to watch even more. And he's trying to do too much. Um, and he doesn't know his role. He's always been, you know, the alpha. Well, I, I, you can't tell him to not be the alpha. I don't know if he knows how to play any differently. Hey, you got to be the third option here. And really the fourth option when it comes to shooting, because I want Mello shooting before I want him shooting. Anthony Davis and LeBron. I think that's going to be the work in progress is... What is Russ like now during the regular season, and what's he going to be like when he gets to the postseason? Because if I'm a Laker fan, you better hope there's a big difference because what you're seeing now is a guy who doesn't have any clue. And he's out there, and he looked really bad last night. And they blew another fourth-quarter lead. Yeah, club.
2: I admire your restraint, by the way, not, not mentioning how awesome your guy LaMelo Ball was last I know. night. Triple-double. I know. 15
0: rebounds. Yeah. Wow. He's so much fun. So much fun. I can't help but think how he'd be on Golden State because I kept saying, Golden State, take him, not James Wiseman. There was a moment with uh, the Miami Heat and uh, the Denver Nuggets, and, uh, you know, the Joker late in the game was bumped into by Marquise Morris of the Heat, and uh, he took offense to it. Morris walked away. I mean, it was a foul, and, uh, you know, it was a cheap foul, But the real cheap shot was the Joker, and he pushed uh, Morris from behind, and I think he's injured his neck. Uh, Jimmy Butler wanted a piece of the Joker. He wanted uh, Jokic, he wanted him outside, kept saying, come on, let's go outside, and they were in Denver when he's doing this. But, uh, you know, the Joker's going to be suspended for that, rightfully so. Cheap shot after a cheap shot, but his was uh, far more egregious there. But, yeah, watching a lot of basketball last night, man. I have dreams of shooting like Steph Curry, that ability to be able to shoot that pure. And he does it every single time. I mean, it's, and I've seen some of the. Well, I've seen all the great shooters in NBA history from 1969 on. If you played, I probably saw you in person. There's nobody who has, and there's a lot of guys who have beautiful shots. Uh, Clay Thompson has a wonderful shot. Uh, Dale Ellis had a beautiful shot. Uh, You know, you had uh, Joey Hassett had a beautiful shot. Like, there are a lot of guys that aren't necessarily great players. Alan Houston had a great shot. But, you know, I'm leaving out, you know, 50. But Steph does this in a way that if you're going to teach your son or daughter, just watch. Watch how he uses his legs. really important. And get that shot off. You know, and and that's what's amazing. He does it so quickly. He doesn't have the benefit of I'm six nine like Lamello, or uh, like uh, Carmelo. He he has to get that ball off in traffic, and everybody knows he's going to shoot a three. I mean, it's just it, it's wonderful to watch. Yeah, Paul.
3: I think what's more fascinating is that the off balance shots are his norm, where it, you expect him to go in not miss. Like when other guys take fall away threes to the right with a 6'9 guy on him. That one on the bench yesterday where he's by the bench, he had a 6'9 guy hanging on him, and he cuts right, and the guy's still on him, and he he puts it in. You expect it to go in now. You don't think, well, that's not going in.
0: What he does, though, is he practices off-balance shots. He practices shots that he thinks he'll be taking in a game. And this is what, if you're a younger player or you're a father, you're a parent and you want to teach your children, have them take shots that they're going to be not easy shots, not shots where you just stand around and shoot because anybody can make those have them, you know, take shots where you're on the move off balance. Uh, You know, somebody's pushing you a little bit, have a broom and and use that to shoot over just something that creates game like situations. That's really, really important. I think. And it's something I didn't do. I, I could stand and shoot but getting in that flow, uh, shooting it quick, shooting it over somebody, uh, using the backboard, a lot of those things. And that's what Steph does. The situation with Ben Simmons warrants watching because it feels like they might be inching closer to Ben coming back, but he still won't share information on, you know, uh, the uh, mental expert, mental health expert that he has been talking to. But they might be kind of inching closer to a truce. It's just, if I'm Philadelphia, do you bring him back just to trade him? Because you're already playing really well. And it feels like Doc has a team that he really likes and Embiid. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you can trade Ben Simmons until you play Ben Simmons. As crazy as that's going to sound. I just saw the calendars. He just came into the mailroom. And uh, I told the Danets they can't look through it yet. Not yet. Uh, But you can pre-order the uh, DP show calendar at danpatrick.com. We will autograph calendars, but we're limiting those to 300. They're available now. They're going to go fast, and we want to make sure that we get them out in time for the holidays. But uh, Paulie always goes, what's the level of nudity in the calendar? Hmm. (sighs) Pretty high. Like if you've ever thought about... Us with no clothes on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How's your opportunity? The calendar. I mean, it's still safe to hang in the uh, in the kitchen if you'd like or the bathroom, bedroom, whatever, wherever you want to put the calendar. Yes. Work is the true test. Are these safer work or NSFW? Oh, wow. They're safe for prisons, (laughs) but I don't I would say work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're in a cubicle and you you angle it properly, you know, it's not right on full display, but Seton's Seton shows as much skin, I think, as anybody does in this. (laughs) Maybe a little (laughs) more given. Uh, Well, yes, (laughs) there's one
3: every year. There's a picture where I can't get out of my head and it's like a. It's a bad, like a traumatic thing. The, the Seton with the uh, Oh, the turkey, Thanksgiving turkey. Was... I almost considered not eating Thanksgiving. Dinner.
0: I almost went vegan. But the
3: year later, Fritzie's, um, the one with the bed and the, the roses.
0: Oh, when it was uh, American Beauty. That I wish movie. I had a
3: lobotomy, like a light lobotomy to get that out of my head.
0: And I remember coming up with the idea. And I thought, you know what? How about we have Todd recreate the, uh, is it Mina Savari in American Beauty? And she has all the rose petals all over her and she's naked.
2: I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I would that shit. I don't know what
4: that means, but I really did.
0: Nobody else did. Oh, nobody else did. But I thought, okay, that is, what's that say about me that I was thinking about? God, it'd be nice if Todd was naked and he had rose petals all over. That's
2: a little frightening. You should probably talk to your local therapist, what was going on there. All
0: right. So the calendar is out. Make sure you order it and uh, we'll get it out in time for the holidays. But, um, I think Seton's got the most disturbing one. Again, congratulations, Seton. Thanks. Yes, well done. Well done. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Jason in Nebraska. Hey, Jace, what's on your
4: mind? Hey, Danny and Danettes. Love you guys. Thank you, buddy. Um Got the calendar. Can't wait to get it and, and get your signatures as well. And uh, just want to let you know, I called back. I called a couple months ago. Some gentleman called a couple weeks ago about it as well. You need to watch the TV series, Mr. In-Between. It's on yeah. FX. I know you have direct TV. Watch it. You'll, you'll very much enjoy it. And then I wanted to uh, – you guys were speaking of bad hair days, and I'm telling you, Danny, I watched the uh, – um, Barry Bonds, E60, on, and I don't watch ESPN much, but they had the special on, for the Barry Bonds, and they had you on two cameos, and the first one, oh, man, they did you wrong. Your hair, <laughs> you need to watch that. And then last but not least, Aaron Rodgers, if you're watching, man, I'm with you. Just retire. Retire right now. Let everything go to waste, and then come back and play for the New York Giants. Peace out, guys.
0: Thank you, Jason. Thank you. I'm watching the Barry Bonds E60 last night. I was flipping back and forth. And uh, Jeremy Schapp did a wonderful job with it. And, you know, there's all these clips in SportsCenter because, you know, I was doing SportsCenter back then when Bonds is hitting all those home runs. And then, you know, I can hear my voice. And then all of a sudden I pop up and I'm like, "Mm, good hair day, bad hair day. But I think I had two cameos in the E60 there. Yes. Yes. You
3: didn't oh. like the hair. The, the it was okay. The tone. The you know what level? happened.
0: I was getting gray on the temples, and then i i I got rid of my sideburns, so it just a. Uh, you had white walls going. Yeah, something like that. I remember Mike Ditka's wife. We were having dinner, and she said, um, "What's up with your hair?" Oh no. And I said, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Well, why why did you cut off your sideburns?" And I go. I don't, I don't know. And it's like, man, it, it, it was devastating. She was obviously very comfortable. Yes, she was. Yeah, but she was, <laughs> she was just looking at, you know, when somebody's looking and then you don't know why they're looking and you see it's not a good thing when they're so, looking. So you wipe your nose real quick. Yeah. And like, you're like, okay. what, 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 do I got spinach here? What, what do I got here? And then she goes, what, what'd you do to your hair? And I go, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? She goes, you cut off your sideburns. Yeah, Paul. To be fair, she's married to a guy with a legendary head of hair. That's some
3: real serious older guy hair.
0: Yeah, but that's, he's got bad moss. It's all slick back like Eddie Munster. Oh, but in the 80s, he's sticking with the 80s look. Yeah, I know. I know. I had to graduate a little bit there. Yes, McLovin, what?
2: I heard that documentary, you walk away, say it might happen for Barry Bonds. Like, uh, it's the last vote, and I guess there's a couple, yeah, this is couple holdouts yeah. that that he has a chance. What did you think? Or um, it's just too far?
0: Well... He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but I'd love to I'd love to hear his speech. <laughs> Let's put it that way. If he gets in if he shows up, but um, you know, I had my moments with him, but that doesn't cloud my judgment. And he was a wonderful player, but please do not give me this oh, but he was a Hall of Famer before he took steroids. You can't you can't be a Hall of Famer if you take steroids. No matter when you did, you can't. But Bonds, fascinating, just fascinating. But man, he was prickly. You had no idea what you're going to get, and chances are it wasn't going to be good. But he didn't. You know what? He was he was real in what you saw as far as his personality. Like that's who he was. He didn't make any excuses. He was he was Barry Bonds, and you're not. Deal with it. Take a break. More phone calls coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock
4: app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth.
0: Just had a few things to say about the 49ers situation that they shouldn't have taken Trey Lance. They should have taken Mac Jones. I wonder if I gave Carolina a do-over. Who do the Panthers take? Do they take Mac Jones? Do they take Justin Fields? Or do they stand pat with our boy uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold? Uh, Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think they were reportedly looking hard at Fields and they took uh, J.C. Horn instead. Yeah. At eight, I believe.
0: I like J.C. Horn,
2: though. Yeah, it got hurt.
0: Yeah. By the way, the uh, the MVP is going to be handed out. The finalist for the National League and the American League MVP, none of the finalists played in the playoffs. I don't know if that's ever happened before. That you have uh, Shohei Ohtani, Vlad Guerrero, Marcus Simeon. They are the finalists for the American League MVP. Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., finalist for the National League MVP. Oh, as McLovin puts on his Phillies sweatshirt. You're a frontrunner. You're a fraud.
2: I would take a Bryce Harper MVP over a second-round playoff, or a wild-card playoff exit. It's very gratifying for <laughs> Phillies fans, because they have had a lot of good news lately.
0: No matter who wins, National League American League MVP, first time since 1987. Both MVP winners did not make the playoffs. 87 in the National League was Andre Dawson, I believe. Was... was they last place team, I think. Yeah. Was Cal Ripken the American League MVP that year and didn't make the playoffs? See if you guys can check that, but... Um, it feels like it's going to be Bryce Harper and Shohei Ohtani are going to be the MVPs. Yeah, Paulie.
3: I got, is George Bell the 87 oh, MVP from Toronto? Toronto?
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's Andre
3: Dawson, National League. Yeah. George Bell, Alan Trammell, Kirby Puckett. Okay. Yeah, McLevin. I feel
2: like Bryce Harper has a little competition from Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm a little worried. He hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, he but did. But he fell off. I guess he hurt his shoulder.
0: Yeah. Well, they moved him to the outfield. But, I mean, you got... You got guys who were Guerrero, Tatis, and Soto are under 23 years of age. Last time you had two players under 23 who are among the top three in MVP, they're both in the Hall of Fame Hank Aaron and Al Kaline. I figured stat of the day, little Ron Burgundy. Day, Man, slow the, day, the trigger there. The or trivia of the day. day. I don't know if there's statistics in there. What stat of the day? <laughs> Wait, are you questioning my stat of the day? I think you're a little quick to call for that. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So, <laughs> so I'm a little quick to. I'm not allowed to call for stat of the day on this show. No, you, <laughs>
1: the sole arbiter
0: of you, when you. that is. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I gave you that autonomy, but okay, I respect it. Just I just didn't hear a, a, a stat in there. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it a
1: fact? So more a fact, yeah, interesting fact, fact of the, of the day. day. Morsel
0: of the day, tidbit. Fact of the day. Bop, bop. What do you want, McLovin?
2: Yeah, I don't think age is an analytic or a stat. Because Al Kaline was under 23. Al-K-Lane. Thank you, Andrew. I don't think that's a stat. I am see
0: Wait, wait. If, if they're numbers, they're stats. Mm. Wait a minute here.
1: McLevin? Like my birthday is July twenty fourth. That's not a stat. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. It's a gray
1: area. I think I think we have to have a show policy
2: on this. Seton is the arbiter. I say we, we put it his hand. Okay. Answer. All
0: right. Man, the all powerful. Stat of the day. Uh, Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go to Las Vegas to battle Derek Carr and the Raiders. It's an AFC West showdown Sunday at seven Eastern on NBC. And stat of the day, hey, no, stat that's of the day, there's a number. I, just heard, right I there. heard a number. Oh, okay, okay, that's seven Eastern. Yep. <laughs> All right. That what stat of the day? Bob. Bob. All right. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Jerk. Uh, Pittsburgh. It says Pittsburgh and Oklahoma. <laughs> huh? It says Pittsburgh in Oklahoma, it's calling. So I don't know who Pittsburgh is in Oklahoma.
1: They call me they Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Dave.
0: Yes, Pittsburgh Dave in Oklahoma.
4: They call me <laughs> Pittsburgh Dave, and this team is going to make me change my blood pressure medication. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what. About And I want to get to my story that we had our problems with yesterday, if you've got time for it. The the game last night, that call, I couldn't believe it when it got called. You say he would have called it. You would have called it. Yeah. I didn't see it. I, I, I didn't. I was like, no. I, I, but as many cheapies as we've had called against us, I'll take one. Right. But if you've got time for my story that I wanted to get to yesterday about the big music anniversary that we had.
0: Okay, briefly, Pittsburgh Dave.
4: Yes. I was in uh, getting lunch, and a girl's soccer team came in, and one of them had the Led Zeppelin logo on their shirt. These are 12- and 13-year-old girls. I asked her if she knew it. She said, no, I just like the logo. And I had to explain to her, I was listening to that album before your mother was born. (laughs) Oh, it was something. Y'all have a good day.
0: All right. Thank you, Pittsburgh Dave. Yeah, Zeppelin four came out yesterday, 1971, and sold 37 million copies. Yeah, Paul.
3: That is a big thing, by the way. My daughter's 12, and all her friends wear old concert shirts, but they're not actually old concert mm-hmm. shirts. They're sold at a newer store, but uh, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've seen those. And you feel like a little bit of a poser when you wear them. If you're older... I mean, the kids love them, but I, I mean, I'm glad. I hope they listen to the music. But, you know, you'll get that old concert. It used to be you didn't want to wear the old concert shirt because somebody would say, oh, you're wearing a shirt like five years ago. And it would have all the tour dates on the back. And you know, I had a few of those. Like the, the baseball, like it would be white with a, like a colored sleeves. The undershirt for your baseball uniform, and it would be a, a concert shirt. Yeah, Paul?
3: But I guess it's a good thing because my my daughters asked me a few questions. Like she's like – Rolling Stones, fill me in. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know where to start, but I'll play you a couple songs. So maybe by proxy, by buying these old shirts, the younger generation will check them out. Tell them to Google. Yeah. That's what Google's for. you got to walk them to the, oh to the trough, you know what I mean?
0: No. Now, I control the music in the kitchen at dinner time, And I just say, hey, here's this. And then we're, we're listening to Earth, Wind & Fire tonight. Now we're listening to Sam Cooke tonight. Marvin Gaye, listen to that tonight. Uh, John Denver night. That's just it. We're learning. Yes.
1: It's kind of, it's odd though, when you're telling your kid about like music and you're like, oh man, this album was awesome. This is like such a big deal. And you put it on and they're like, yeah. Mm. Okay.
0: Kind of sounds like old music. No,
1: no, this changed the world.
0: No. Yeah. Okay. they, They feel that way about movies. We put on Ferris Bueller's day off and they're like, uh, we don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, come on, Ferris Bueller. And they're like, no. And then, you know, so music is a little bit easier, I think, than, than a movie. Yeah, McClellan.
2: I was driving a I, I put on an oldie station for a second. La, Living La Vida Loca" was on an oldie station. Ooh. That <laughs> didn't feel good. Ooh. 2,000. Is that an oldie?
0: It's not a goodie. That's true. Yeah. and <laughs> <Seating>, dancing. <laughs> All righty, coming up, we're going to talk to Dean Blandino about the officiating last night, and Grant Hill will join us as well. Final hour coming up.